Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Board Games. It originally aired December 7th, 2020. Tonight, board games. So, based on our, our, our early getting going, we should probably define what is a board game. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? If, if I say uh, board game, there's a traditional, I think there's a traditional mindset. What do you guys think? Well, I would think board game would have to be some sort of playing board. Now, the only reason I say that's because if 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 a board game is anything, then why do they call card games card games and board games board games? It would all just be games. So I do think yeah, there's a distinction yeah. there. <laughs> uh, so I think I think it kind of has to have a playing board. Now, now Roberta, I, I yeah. can see how you could say like D and D could be because if you're drawing the dungeon on the map, like the dungeon map, that would constitute a board. See, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I, I think my my argument would be you could play D and D without a map, without a board, without a board, right? Yeah, you can't really play Monopoly unless you have the board. Yeah, right. I, I mean, so I I think that's a different. And now I I didn't play a whole lot of D and D when we're talking about role playing games, but I played a lot of Superworld, and Superworld is basically D and D with superheroes. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I, I, instead of instead of rolling, you know, rolling up uh, wizards and elves and trolls and stuff like that, you roll up, you know, superheroes. And uh, I played that for all five years I was in college. Whoops! Did I just say I was in college five years? In my, <laughs> I was on the five year four year uh, plan. Uh, I was yeah. on the six year four year plan. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell you about those extra two years. Well, Northridge earthquake. That's one. Oh, yeah. oh, were you in college when that happened? I was in Malibu when that happened. That's what I thought. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. you weren't you weren't still in college, were you? I was. I did not Barely. realize that. Oh Barely. wow! I was on my last couple of classes, and they got stripped. Wow! Oh, no, I mean, I that. knew you were at, at Malibu during the the earthquake. I just didn't realize you were still still in school. Yeah. Um, I just yep. assumed. I assumed the only one still in school was Curtis. <laughs> I remember school. I was night shift. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were. You were night shift. Uh, I was thinking how to clear the air about the uh, board game thing. I think the broader term is tabletop gaming, right? Oh that's, yeah. That's, okay. That's, okay. That's, that's, so tabletop gaming would would include like Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, role playing games. You know, role playing games. And what, but I mean by that is yeah. dragons. Not you right. know. When you get dressed as the Dutch boy and somebody's the chief. <laughs> 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 but, but 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 I mean yeah, tabletop games, I think, right? When I think that, that yeah. would be the broader, the broader term. So Yeah. So yeah. so and I'm not I'm not convinced we're here tonight to talk about tabletop games. We're here to talk about board games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um uh Roberta, do you want to draw? Do you want to color while we're streaming? I was just trying to get that set up i saw you looking around and it made me think yeah oh, i wonder if she's coloring mm-hmm. um okay I, so i just might be able to pull something up for you okay brett so uh as soon as she uh Ready? just make it happen 
Um, yeah, so so I think of uh, of uh, there's there's a couple of things. I think of traditional board games as Monopoly, you know, yeah. Candyland. Um, I can't think of any board games now. <laughs> uh, I always uh, thought it was funny that would you consider the Ouija board is actually distributed <laughs> by was it, Mil- was it Milton Bradley or something? Those, those Parker Brothers. Yeah. Is well, that, that a board game? Well, it's, it's, it's got Satan. a board. It's, it's Satan's board game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always thought it was so funny that 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 Parker Brothers, you know, is like share a Ouija board, no problem. <laughs> That's funny. Totally. Um, I'm not sure I ever. I, I've seen one, but I'm not sure I I ever knew anyone who owned one. Yeah. I, I remember Candyland, Monopoly. What was some of the other? I, you know, I, the one I've never played that everyone talks about all the time is Risk. I've never played really? Risk. Really? Yeah, see, yeah. I played Risk a lot as a kid. Yeah, I, I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I mean, I should probably attempt to play that. You know, I, I have board games right up there in my my closet. Um, they don't come down that much. Now, so here's here's the, and here's kind of why I wanted to kind of roughly define them because when I think of board games, I think of things more like um avalon heel board game all war games right but um you know things like uh the third reich i have um of course i have civilizations this is not sid meyer's civilization this is the original civilization in in which you start out in the mediterranean and based on your population your your population grows and and you you have wars by population literally it's what you just your population grows more than than your opponents and that's how you take over their land uh, you can build roads and advancements and things like that. Um, but I also have diplomacy, which is um, any of you ever heard of diplomacy? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's. It, I I would I used to argue, and of course I haven't made this argument in a long time. I used to argue that diplomacy was the uh, best board game ever made. Wow. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 basically uh, diplomacy is World War One Europe. Okay. The guy who created it modeled it off of the chessboard. So um, the original diplomacy had the exact number of spots that a chessboard did, right? Um, each I can't I, I can't do the math that quickly. So there were seven there were seven countries. Each of them controlled three supply centers, except for Russia that controlled four. Um, so what's that math? Curtis, six times three is eighteen. <laughs> math is 21, 22. twenty-two. <laughs> and then there were about I don't know seven or eight something like that free supply centers on the the map uh and of course you know that's where the war started you you, as you went after the supply centers you began to um come into conflict with your neighbor but here's the difference so diplomacy was a little bit like um risk without all the armies and the dice right there were no dice in in um and diplomacy literally diplomacy is the map of europe and you have markers that represent armies and navies that's it uh, the when you start the game, you have 30 minutes to diplomatize. And literally what that means is you go around and you talk to everybody and say, hey, you know, if I'm, if I'm you know, England and, and, you know, Curtis is France, I'll say, hey, hey, Curtis, um, Aaron's Germany. Man, I just think that, <laughs> I, I think that he's about to, he's about to invade you. And because, you know, the Germans always made France, right? I so, know. so I'm like, why don't you help me get my armies across over into northern France, into that area, and then we'll fight Germany together. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Roberta's Russia, right? And she's like, 
she's she's coming to me, right? She's like, hey, I don't really like France. They sent me some bad truffles one time, and 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 I'm gonna like Roberta. You're too far away. You can't do anything. She, yeah, but I was thinking maybe you could attack France. I can attack Germany, and then you can have half of Germany because they'll they'll come and fight me. And then while you're attacking France, you can actually go into France and Germany, right? And so it's basically diplomacy. And then what you do is you actually write your orders. You have you know you start off with three units, and you write your orders. This unit goes here, okay. If um, if two units try to go to the same place, literally it's a bounce. They just they just bounce. Not one unit is stronger than the other one. But if I've got one unit trying to go to one place and I've got another unit up here that supports that move, right? Then we're two to one, and then I force myself into this place, and then this this uh, opponent then has to retreat. Um, that's it. That's the game. And and your your goal is to occupy the supply centers at the end of it. The turns are done in springs and fall, right? So you have a, a spring move and a fall move. At the end of the fall, you count you recount your supply centers. And I can't remember the numbers uh, exactly, but once you got so so many units, you would you could declare victory. Once you got supply centers, I mean, you declared victory. Um, I have a friend who played it and says he'll never play it again. And, and, and the reason he says, he goes, because you have to, you have to, you have to break somebody's trust somewhere in order to win the game. He (laughs) said, you can't be honest in the game or, you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get run over. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily true. He goes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Right. He's like, you can't do it. And so he refuses to play because he's like, I I don't like people lying to me because I get mad and I take it personal. (laughs) Even in the context of just a board game. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he won't, it is, again, it's a great game. Um, You know, I I used to use it in my uh, ESL classes um, when I taught English as a second language. And and one of the things that I would do is to make sure I put, you know, um, different different speaking uh languages on the the you know the opposing teams so they had to speak english in order that was a mug mug teaching english to them right they had to speak english in order to uh to do any kind of diplomacy between the two of them that's cool that's pretty that is kind of cool yeah yeah i've never i I don't think i've heard of that game yeah so Uh, so does there have to be a, a literal board or the concept of a board like battleship would you consider Battleship a board oh, battleships game? Are, I don't know. Or, or would you consider it like, uh, you know, bingo meets warfare? I mean, what, what were it your... It is a board, though, I think. It is, right? Yeah. You have to touch different parts of it. And, yeah. You know, it's very interactive physically, so I'd say so. Yeah. I, w- I would say, yeah. It, it just has to be like a flat surface. I mean, you were thinking like a traditional like cardboard covered, like a, a piece of cardboard covered with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Is that it? Oh, is that it? Yeah, this is diplomacy. Um, this is the uh, this is literally the board, right? So the world. Oh, it's like oh, it's one of those ones. That's wow. cool. It's one of those ones. Uh, or sequence, right? So here's the board. Nice. Yeah, and you can see all the the little black dots. Those are your supply centers, uh-huh. right? So, and you can see the countries there, the red, that's Austria, Hungary, got Turkey there in in yellow, Russia is under my, this hand, probably white. Yeah. So seven, seven nationalities. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, again, you know, I I said, I I make the argument, it's the, it's the best board game ever made. 
uh, one of the things we used to do is we would uh, photocopy our maps. And as we conquered territory, we would color it in <laughs> just to agitate your opponents, right? Oh, look, I'm coloring in my map and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so that, that, that's, that brings about an important question. Okay. Do folks play board games. Do you play them literally or do you have your own house rules? Like I know Monopoly, sometimes people have like a house rule or something like that, that they just kind of agree. Or are you guys like, by the book, it has to be exactly what Milton Bradley said, or whatever is in the rules. What's everybody? My saying? my uh, my house. I I got into with my, and I haven't played them in a while. Uh, with my nephews and some of my friends. Uh, have you ever guys ever played games that the game plays against you, like the cooperative games? I know what you're talking about, but I've never played one of those. Yeah, so like we have these D and D, like literally D and D board games that you all play as a party, and then you fight against the game itself. There's yeah. another game that we played for a while called Gloomhaven, which was is that a, the one another... where you go attack the castle, or or you're in the yeah. castle being attacked? No, Gloom. Well, Gloomhaven. No, Gloomhaven is is just a humongous. I mean, literally. I mean, the box is like that big. It is humongous, uh, and it takes wow. like a, a few years to play. Um, and it's played Two years. With, yeah. I mean the book the book like it's for like all these maps and you have all these different pieces and so you 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 can start out these five characters did you play through the game they actually have boxes I haven't opened all the boxes yet there's like 20 other boxes of these different characters that you you play so you play your character and you have like a retirement goal so if you go through the game and you play all these like sort of miniature strategic like entering dungeons or whatever and then as you get to the end of a dungeon in the storybook, you can choose to go here or there, and the, it connects, so it's kind of like its own thing. But as wow. you get towards the end to doing your character, like if he has, he wants to gain so much gold, or so you retire that character, and then based on the card, you choose another character. And so this game could take up to a year or two. They have a sequel to Gloomhaven. It's it's really fun, but you play against the game, and the game is played completely with cards. Interesting. And so the cards is how you you can actually level up your characters by choosing different cards. See, I would so actually call that a card your, game and not a board game, right? Yeah, but there's a board. Yeah. There's miniatures. It's a combination and stuff. But that game got really hard because every time you would play certain cards, you would have to discard a card for that round. And so we actually made house rules on that game uh, to make it more fun for ourselves. And the D&D one was the same way. The Dungeons & Dragons board game was like, viciously hard against us so working together we were like no let's make up some house rules so we're not just getting our you know getting destroyed like every other round (laughs) uh so that way now if it was a competitive game i don't know if i'd make house rules because of competitive but if you're working together we would make house rules just so we'd have more fun i i would say the only time we have anything that you might consider uh house rules it would be uh on card games that that um have just kind of been passed down, you know, learning to play in the family. Yeah. You know, like we, we play a card game called um, uh, Hand and Foot. Uh, I, I, this is not about card games, although we should probably do one about card games. Yeah. Uh, here, let me actually write that down. <laughs> card games. Card. Uh, uh, but essentially what you do is uh, you deal out your cards into a hand and to a foot, right? And then you have to play out of – it's a little bit like Rummy – uh, but you have to play out of your hand before you can actually get into your foot. And if your opponent plays out of their hand and their foot before you do, then you you add up all the points. And that's how, you know, the one with the most points yeah. is the loser because you're trying to get rid of all your points, right? Uh, but there's no written rules for that. So 
it's just something that you know a grandmother learned from her friends and passed it down to us so when we sit down to play we're like okay what are the rules now <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you, know? you forget <laughs> yeah because we don't remember you know because we, you know, we don't play pretty much on on uh, family gatherings and stuff um and i think there's something else there was uh a game called king's reverse which uh is it's just like uno it's mm-hmm. uno but with a regular deck of cards okay have you folks ever heard of a game called hyborian war I have, but I've never played. Is that it. The, it sounds like a. Is that Conan? Yeah, it was. It was my 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 step cousins used to play it, and it was like it was in the world of Conan, and it was for all intents and purposes a board game. But it was, of course, this is pre-internet. It was mail-in. It was a oh, mail yeah. Game. So you would have to kind of like have all your armies and your I don't say troops because it's all like barbarian stuff. You would right. have your tribes, I guess, and you would have to put your marching orders, and everybody would send it in. Then the company would kind of put everybody in the position and say who won and then they would ship a newsletter out and they did this thing for like years it. and years and years but yeah huh, yeah i never heard of it, yeah, it I, I mean i've heard there was a i think there was a newer conan board game it seems like if you look up board games there's a board game for everything now yeah yeah and i think there was a conan one and not so but i didn't know there I, was i played diplomacy that way did you i have I played diplomacy where you actually write letters to uh, to the the emperor or the the you know the leader of the other country, mm-hmm. and you, you have like a month right, and so and it's like a real time game you know so you you write letters back and forth to the leaders, then you have to mail in your orders to the game master, and then the game master adjudicates all the moves mm-hmm. and sends out the results to all the players, and then you just start it all over again. That's cool. You know, now the the internet's changed that a little bit, so you can you can play online, you know, pretty yeah. quickly. That's cool. You, I know it's it's kind of off the subject, but since we're trying to fill some airtime, you're talking about sending letters to to the um, you know the emperor or whoever. Yeah. So it reminds me when when I was in high school, which was when I was in Malibu Comics, I would do all my homework and try and get them as fast as I could so I could focus on comic book stuff. So I <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to write a letter from uh, the frontier, like I was a settler. And it was a full letter I was supposed to do. I was supposed to put all the historical information for my history class. And I think I wanted to just read comics that night. So I, I cheated. And what I did is I started writing the letter like, you know, oh, dear Mary Beth, you know, life is so beautiful here on the plains. I'm like, oh, my God, the Indians are attacking. <laughs> I hit with an arrow and I just dragged the pen to the bottom <laughs> of the paper. <laughs> <laughs> they were not amused but was oh, like, <laughs> i would have given you an a for that i'm like that's that's brilliant <laughs> so, <laughs> Sprinkle a little ketchup on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that's a sink. A little, little blood drops at the bottom, but somehow he managed to put it in an envelope and you know send it. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all seen Dances with Wolves, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's funny. We for a board game, I know my nephews really got into. There was an Alien versus Predator board game. Oh, really? You can actually play three factions: either the Marines, the Aliens, or the Predator. Cool. And you all fight. Each one has different like rules and you all fight against each other and that got really really fun because the predator could like vanish like he could you move like a little dot around and then you basically they had it like these little like flat tokens because you actually buy miniatures for the game yeah so there's different classes so a lot of times you're not supposed to know who you're facing until like you meet them in a hallway so you can move your guys around in these little like they look like flat chips 
until they're seen. And so that way you can kind of like coordinate where you're going to place your characters, but the other people in the game can't see what you're doing until they encounter you. And then it's either like somebody good or somebody bad. (laughs) And that game was really, really good. It's like the fog of war. Yeah, basically. (laughs) A lot of war games do that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Hide, like hide the pieces Mm -hmm. that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you play a lot of board games, Roberta? I mean, it seems like you play I more. I play more than I used to because we have a six-year-old here at the house, so we play with him. I, oh, do you? I got out Mousetrap, which is my childhood favorite. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Really fun to play that one because you have to build a piece at a time. Yeah. And then when it's all done, you get to lower it. Whoever lands on the proper square gets to yeah. lower it. And that's a great one. Yeah, it's really fun. So that's... I know we used to. Uh, no, I was saying, did you ever play a game called Scotland Yard? Has anybody no. ever played? I think I've we... heard of it. I, I don't mean, think yeah. I've heard of that. It was. Uh, it was a really fun game. I don't even know if they make it anymore. It was like a board game we used to play with my dad, and and he was always really good because one guy would play like Mister X, and you guys are other detectives. And Mr. X only appears on the board at like every five turns. So again, like you don't know, and you can, you have tickets to take like taxis, which are shorter routes, subway. I think subway is the longest route or like car. And so the idea is you have to land on the spot where Mr. X is, even though you don't know. And so you're chasing him around. And that was really fun. My dad was the best at Mr. X. He would always destroy us. We could never catch him. Sounds good. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I love Clue. Clue, yeah, yeah, Clue's really fun. Played it in a while though. Isn't that one of the games that they have like a lot of variations, like Monopoly, like that Star Wars Monopoly? Don't they have something like Clue, like Star Wars Clue, and all these other different ones? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, would you folks consider chess and and checkers board games? I mean, or like board games? I would consider that a classic board game. Yeah, I was going to say to me, I think that's a classic board game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that Chinese checkers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, even though it's played with marbles, it's still on a, a quote unquote a, a board, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think that would be uh, what I would call a classic board game. Yeah. The one I never did play and I always wanted to try was Batgammon. Never you know, my, mm-hmm. my wife and I played that, um, I guess when we first got married, we, we, I don't know, I don't know how we ended up doing it, but we, we got us a backgammon board and we played it and really liked it. So we said, Oh, this is a, you know, we really like this. So we went out and bought us a super nice one. Right. And we played and played and played. And then the kids came along and we stopped playing and then uh, it got, we had a, a flood in our house oh. uh, and it got destroyed. The, the super nice one was on the floor. So it got destroyed in the flood and it was like, and yeah. Oh, well. We yeah. just bought we just bought a cheapo one here, just several months ago, and and she was looking at me, I guess just last week, and she said, you know, we bought that thing to play backgammon, and we've yet to play. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so it's hard sometimes. Do, do you play board games a lot, Curtis, or have you? Um, I'm more I'm more of a like Dungeons and Dragons role playing game kind of guy. Mm. It's kind of kind of like the extent. I got really deep into that with with, uh, with my friends, uh, especially back at when, back when we were at Malibu Comics. Tim so, Devar and yeah, Keith yeah. Conroy. And the, yeah. the best part about doing that with guys that are all artists from a comic book company is 
they would draw everything out. <laughs> yeah. So, so it would be, it would be, and, and I can say it now because you know I think a statute of limitations. But, but they would be like at Malibu, and and they would be like four fifty nine. You know, works about then, and they would be like sketching stuff for the role playing game that night using the copier. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And the best part is, so every time a character showed up, they would pull out this beautiful design character in full color, and uh, that was that yeah. was really cool. In fact, in fact um, you mentioned Tim Devar, a good friend of mine, and he he's, he does a he directs animation and storyboards and stuff. He I heard played a Star Wars game, role playing game. He he game mastered a Star Wars game um, years back, and it was the best idea I've ever heard of for a Star Wars sequel. Um, and it's not his property, so I guess I can say it's... Uh, yeah. It's a, he had these amazing character designs where imagine, like, instead of the Sith, there were Jedis that were all in pure white, like stark white. And the idea is that there would be this alternate sect of Jedi that were, like, puritanical in nature. They were, like, this very hard line, over-the-top good guys. Like, but, you know, technically they were bad. And it was about them coming in at the time that Luke Skywalker was trying to rebuild the Jedi. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, so instead of having like the 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 bad guys being, you know, something really dark and evil, it would be the opposite. It would be like almost an ideological thing, you know. Wow. That's yeah. That, cool. that yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I thought um, that was- I- I remember we played, and every I was one of these people. Like every time my friends wanted to play board game or like role playing games, like D and D or stuff, they would always get really into it. The DM, yeah, and they would write a bunch of stuff, and then we would play like five sessions, and then it would just fall apart. I mean, this was like <laughs> every single case, and it was just like. But I do remember one of the funnier ones, and I always played with people who were like very like bloodthirsty <laughs> which is not really why i play i like to do like i mean if you're in a role-playing game there's so many uh, i mean you could do anything else but just kill things and I, I remember like in the star wars game one of our guys played like a wookie and we went into a bar and we were, i think we we're supposed to interrogate some guys in the bar to find some guy it was supposed to get information so we're coming up these thugs and we're going to try to figure out how to like interrogate them or whatever and like all of a sudden the guy plays the wookie's like i throw a thermite grenade and I'm like, wait, what? And and I'm like, he can't do that. And the DM's like, he already did it. It's gonna. I'm like, seriously, dude. It's like, <laughs> he would blow up everything. I mean, like uh, every time we try to figure out, he'd be like, okay, I'm blowing. It. I'm like, okay. So it was actually kind of funny in hindsight, but I always get those characters. You want to do nothing but kill everything. Yeah. It's just you, know. you can always see funny things about people's personality. Like, I I don't know how I remember. I remember so many details of, of back when Roland and I worked at Malibu. Just weird. Throwaway things people say. I remember Chris Holm, who was the editor in chief there, yeah. he played Dungeons and Dragons. And I can't believe I remember this how many decades later. He had mentioned once in passing that his character in Dungeons and Dragons was like a knight or something called Christian the Good. And he was like, you know, this knight in shining armor, but he was like this evil bastard who would do all these horrible things. But he would go into town and he had this chivalrous demeanor and he would cheat, you know, the townspeople out of money and you know, he's just this horrible character. But I remember him saying that was his character was Christian the Good. And he was the absolute <laughs> opposite. And he's just so telling about people's, you know, personalities. Oh, yeah. You know, That's funny. Things. Yeah. Then you're all there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, did, I did the, oh, oh sorry. I, I did the same thing. And we played uh, Dark Sun, which is a D&D spinoff, mm-hmm. the Dark Sun series. And I played this sort of mantis character who's like a praying mantis, one of the races. And apparently, the, this race likes to eat halflings. Like, 
that's that's one of its food sources. I was playing with a halfling, and my yeah. friends were, and I was trying to play in character, so I was always making little jokes to the, uh, the halfling character, like you know, any day I'm going to eat you. My friends got really annoyed, so apparently one game, like we woke up from my camp and my friends were gone. Okay, they ditched me, and mm-hmm. my character is one of these characters that if if you betray him, he takes it personally and will go in revenge. So I systematically, I was I was like telepathic too. So I systematically hunted my friends down and ate them. And they got, all, they got all mad. And I'm like, well, what? I'm trying to play in character. And they're like, no, this isn't fair. But that was, that was hilarious. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, I guess we're in, talking about role-playing games. Like I said, I played uh, Superworld. I started playing yeah. Superworld probably when I was uh, a freshman in college. And I played, uh, I played like every weekend for almost five years. Uh, not quite every weekend, you know what I mean, though. But yeah. uh, I mean, we we and, and the 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 cool thing is, is that there were a couple of guys who, uh, who who played the whole time with me, right? So it wasn't just me, uh, but it was me and and well, BJ played a bunch, uh, and then my good buddies Tim and and Keith, um, and we we always had depending on where we were, we had others join us, right? Because like we were right. in the Hines, I had a couple other guys join us. Um, but you know, I actually, I actually played, uh, demon was a character that I, I played Superworld with. Uh, I, I've got several character sheets on him. Um, the, your character demon, the one in cat and mouse. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Played, played him in, in Superworld. Um, yeah. And we had, uh, man, we had a lot of fun. You know, we had, yeah. I, I have, I still have those up in my, my closet too. It's like, we took journals. We had journals of all our gameplay, and I, I I located them not too long ago. And I'm like, I found all the. I could tell you about every single game we ever played, you know. And they were the real that we used the real dates that we played. So occasionally we would fill something in, like okay, you know, you did this on uh, on Friday, and the next Friday we're, we're doing it again. Okay, so on Wednesday you guys had a uh, you know you had a meeting and you had to do this and you had to do that or you had to go to the hospital and get this done right so there were there was kind of like busy work that they would do in yeah. between the week and then when it came time to play on the weekend then that they had taken care of all of that um but yeah we um man we played that game for, and we had a you know we had a, a a big board uh that we drew a map on but it was a board that was lined out you know a grid yeah and then just we would draw on it for every session and then it was like a it wasn't a dry erase but it was a wet erase you know yeah i've seen that my friend had one of those you can Mm -hmm. just erase off but yeah those things are pretty cool yeah i still have all those character sheets and and uh, all that stuff i still have all that stuff I know what was it? What was it? Adventure Time? That cartoon that I think a lot of Adventure Time was based on his actual D and D adventures he had. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's been a few people that have written stories based on the adventures they made up. So yeah, I know um the Dragonland series by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Those are are all yeah. based on those, their sessions. You know. Oh, those are, okay. Yeah, that's why I, I thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, George R. R. Martin, and uh, he edited mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Wild Cards. Yeah. That's those are based off of uh, a superhero uh, or Superworld games. Really? really? Yep. Yep. They yeah. used to get together and play Superworld, and and out of that was born the Wild Cards. That's so cool. Yeah, we the one longest one I played was a, there was a Street Fighter um, role playing game by White Wolf, and we oh we, yeah I knew some of the guys at White Wolf. Oh yeah, yeah that that game we played for about three or four years with the same characters, and it was like an ongoing series where it was kind of like a, a good ensemble cast where everybody had this kind of 
different kind of character that kind of complemented each other and played off of each other. And to Could do you that, play any of the original Street Fighter characters if you wanted? No, you could, but but for us, it was like we had our own characters. Right, and, yeah. And then, like, those guys were, like, the legacy characters way in the background that were, like, way too high level for us to... to yeah, even... that's what I was thinking. Like, there would be some character you could fight inside the game or something. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know I didn't know they had a, a Street Fighter role-playing game. I, I would just... I guess I don't know why. I mean, it seems like they have role-playing games of everything anymore, so I guess that shouldn't be surprising. But, yeah, I never... I, I, I remember... Somebody online was like makes, making like a tabletop Street Fighter game, and I don't know whatever came oh, of that. I'm about to re- reveal my total geekness to you guys. Oh, so really? Here's so the, here's the so box. This is the first time. Yeah. Man. Oh, nice. So this is the bot, my original box. You see, it's, a, it's in crappy shape. Uh, we got all my um, all the, the the books in it, plus a few maps and stuff like that. All the rule books, character sheets. Um, my box of dice. Yeah, you gotta have those, man. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this was published by uh, Chaosium. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, pretty sure. Chaosium. Yeah, Chaosium. Um, but yeah, uh, just a just a superhero superhero game. Uh, like D and D. Oh, that's a wrong notebook. I grabbed the wrong notebook. I thought I had to. I'm pretty sure I got all the character sheets and uh, everything still up here. Ha! Curtis, you'll like this. Let's see. Look what's on the back of this old notebook. Oh, neat. That's, cool. <laughs> That's the original Aquaman. Right. Cool. So, so here is character sheets. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So, do you still have any D&D stuff, Curtis? The old oh, D&D yeah. stuff? They're in storage somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had great artwork. I mean, that was like half the fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it was. Um, what was it? The guy who did the original cover is. It's not Elton. What is his last name? The artist who did the original, the famous cover on the red box. Well, Elmore, Larry Elmore. Elm, Elmore. Oh, I know Larry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that the, the very original ones, they had this, I forget the arts, but there was this black and white kind of drawing. It wasn't always the best. It was kind of a little rudimentary in the original D&D books. My friends who are artists recently did a tribute to it, and they did all these drawings in the vein of those kind of crude, <laughs> kind of weird, like 1970 yeah. Yeah. inside illustrations. They just posted it all online. It was kind of oh, cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Then, you know, I watched a documentary, and it might this might be on Netflix, it might be on YouTube, but it was literally about the art of D&D. And they went through and and interviewed all the original artists and stuff, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You, ever, I, you know, I'll try to look it up and send you a link, Curtis, if you're interested. It's about an hour long, but it was really cool because I mean, I know like Larry Elmore, I've heard of these, but I've never seen their faces. So to see oh, these guys, I'm like, Larry oh. Elmore, yeah, yeah. But to, to know who they are, they connect the faces. Uh, it was really cool. It was like the history of the artwork and stuff in D and D. I saw Larry not too long ago, actually. So I'm at a convention and we hung out. He's from How Kentucky. Oh, is he from Kentucky? Great, yeah, great guy. Yeah, fant- fantastic guy. Um, yeah, he, he, he's super, super nice guy. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I'd love to. I'd love to meet. I mean, because some of those, like uh, the one at Brom. He was always he was always like amazing. And then you find out how young he is. I'm like, that's not fair. The kid's like in his twenties. He's just like yeah. he's a young guy. I'm well, not now, but he was when he first started. Well, the other guy was with Jeff Easley. Was one of the um, was one of the big artists for D and D. And I remember hearing mm-hmm. that 
that one actor, he's he's playing Deathstroke in the the Zack Snyder um, Justice League. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Matt, I know. Matt Maganello, I think his name. I guess he's actually a hardcore D and D kind of nerd, and so his his wife, who's another actress, but Sofia Vergara, she went ahead and she got Jeff Easley, one of the original D and D artists, to paint him in oil painting of his D and D character that he played when he was a kid. So, are, are you ready to come full circle with this? Yeah, yeah. One of the original founders, and I don't know his name, one of the original founders of D&D is also one of the founders of Full Sail, which is where I teach. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I, did not, I did not know that. Yeah, we've got a bunch of original D&D stuff uh, uh, on, on display behind, uh, you know, behind glass so that you can go in and look wow. at it. Yep. Dude, that, that'd, that'd be cool. cool. That's pretty cool. Cassisi says, hey, y'all. What's up, Cassisi? We're talking about board games tonight. Uh, see, this is this is the other couple of games I got out. Civilization. Okay. This is see, Civilization is one of those games. Now, if you if you mention it, people automatically think about Sid Meier's Civilization, which I yeah. play and, and it's fun, but it's totally different. Uh, this one is just a, a map of the, like I said, of the Mediterranean, mm. and um, I can't remember how many civilizations you have, but you see, you know, you can see this. This is that would be an example of the map, the four, three, three, and the one and the two. That's literally how much population you can hold. Each of the places can hold. And so when there's more population there, you, if there's, you have population and your opponent has population there, then you have to have a war. And the way you have a war is you literally just take one, one, one piece off at a time for each country, right? Until you're down to that number. So if you, if I move in, you know, uh, uh, six pieces and you move in seven pieces, then we each take off one. Oh, see, that would be six and six and 12, 13, right? So we each take off one, uh, that becomes 11. We each take off uh, one, that becomes nine. We each take off one, that becomes uh, seven. We each take off one, that becomes five. We each take off, and it's still not four, right? So we each got to take off one more and that becomes three. And then that's how you fight a war. Oh. Yeah, and then you can see these things here. You 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 can um, part of what you do is you can learn how to, to make sails. You learn cloth making. You learn how to make roads. Uh, all these things, and you just your civilization literally advances by that way. And you're trying to go up through the ages until you reach the until you reach the end. This book this box is full. It is heavy, uh, just from the from the markers and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The cards, yeah, and there 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 is a great big board there. So um, it's a lot of fun, but this is one of those that takes a while. This is this is kind of the monopoly of of board game because you can't sit down and finish this in an hour. You got to devote a, you know a good two three hours to it. Yeah, but I can't get anyone to play with me here because no one has that kind of time. You know. Yeah, well, that's the same thing when I when I tried to get my friends to play Gloomhaven and stuff. It would be like you play every week, and it'd be like a three three hour. And a little, maybe a little over, and people yeah. just they get bored or whatever. See, I enjoy those games. I enjoy the, the strategic element yeah. of, of those games, but some people just can't. Their attention span doesn't go that far. Right. What type of yeah. world is Gloom, Gloomhaven in? Like, what is the the setting? It, it's a, it's like a medieval like D and D type. It's its own world. It tells like a story of like this is gloom that you're fighting. So the the when you start out, like so you start weird. in the first. Like, so when you open up the book, it'll tell you, like, it comes to a bunch of separate tiles, and it tells you how to arrange the tile for each sort of mission in this book. 
and they can flip it around and how they arrange it. And then it tells you like certain rules, like you maybe you have a time limit to do that. And then um, when you get to the end of whatever this little scenario you're playing, then you can choose to either, you know, do this, go to like, you know, a, like choose your own adventure books. Like you could do this and this and base how you choose kind of like your route is how you start kind of going around the game but apparently there's a, there's a story and an eventual end to it or whatever the new gloomhaven you actually build like your own town and do that i haven't played that one yet this was a kickstarter game I mean, the gloomhaven game made like millions of dollars on kickstarter it was so huge. i have never looked up gloom gloomhaven before ever yeah. i went to my google while you were talking and typed in glo and gloomhaven filled in i'm yep. like uh-uh very, no very... no no i ain't nope ain't having it um, all right, so um, we're gonna we've got a uh, Wayne Hall review, but I'm gonna give you guys a little a little teaser here. I'm gonna talk about this box after Wayne Hall's review. Um, got a little bit of uh, got some art in it. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what this means uh, when we come back from our our uh, Wayne Hall review. So um, Brett. Cue Wayne Hall up, and let's hear what he uh, – shoot, I forgot what book he's talking about this week. Brett, can you remind me? <laughs> no. Uh, well, Wayne is here to do an indie comics review, and it's, the, it's on the tip of my tongue. So, Wayne, take it away. Do you need to put my art back up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're live now. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you, Wayne, so much. We really appreciate uh, you doing that. Uh, you guys need to support uh, Wayne uh, Wayne's, Wayne Hall's comic reviews. Uh, Wayne's a great guy. He's a, a strong supporter of independent comics, and we appreciate Wayne quite a bit. So thank you, Wayne, for doing this for us. Um, not quite every week, but it's like every other week. So thank you for doing this for us every other week, Wayne. We really appreciate it. Um, Okay, so I, I teased you guys with this when uh, – oh, let me go back to my, my thing here. Uh, what's up, Larkin Leo Mullen? Uh, so I teased you guys with this when before we left. So let me tell you about this. So uh, this is one uh, – not the number one, but this is just one. There are 19 others of these on my kitchen table right now. What's in these, you ask? Well – there are there's three pages of art in here. I'm not going to show it to you, but I'm going to give you a little. Whoop, I'm going to give you a little hint. Can I give you a pay hint without? See there? Oh, it's the back. Sorry, you can't see anything. It's a little bit of art. You can see art. Whoop. Uh, so there's original art in here, and there's a couple more pages here. There are three pages of. Whoops, I can't get this back in there. There are three pages of original art in this box. There are three pages of original art in all. 19 of the other boxes this is this is one of them there are 19 others right there are also comic books okay i gotta be able to get this out without you seeing it okay so there's a big this is a big thick chunk of comics right there are i counted them for y'all a while ago didn't i there's one two three four five six there's six comics in here plus a graphic novel okay so there's six comics plus a graphic novel one of these comics is a classic um, signed by me. Um, wouldn't take you too, too much thinking to figure out like one of a couple of them, right? But one of them is a classic signed by me. Uh, a couple of them are obviously new Silverline stuff. We're trying to get you with the new Silverline stuff, right? And then, of course, the graphic novel is going to be one of the classic uh, Silverline graphic novels. So you can kind of guess what some of them are. 
anyway, we're going to, um, these are what we're calling our mystery auction boxes. And we're going to put these up. Uh, we're going to number them 1 to 20. We're going to put these up on our Silverline website. I'm sorry, not the website, the Silverline Facebook page. Okay. So, and then we'll start the auction and we'll do this live. Uh, we'll start it off live on Wednesday. Okay. So I'll probably jump in with the Wednesday crew and we'll talk a little bit about this uh, as we go live with it. Um, in addition to this, okay, so here I got a list. I, I got a list of things that I had to remember to say. So I'm going to put this down just so you, oh, no, I'll hold it. Okay. So each of them have six comics. They have one graphic novel. There's three prints. Uh, they're comic book size prints. Um, and then there's three pages of original art. Ten of those, okay, there's 20 of them. Ten of them have an original page from the first volume of Cat and Mouse, okay? So half of them have a page from the first volume of Cat and Mouse. One of those, meaning one of the 10, has a page from Cat and Mouse issue number one, okay? So you've got a 50% chance to get a page from the original volume of Cat and Mouse, right? And you've got a 10% chance to get, if you get one of the boxes, that is. And you've got a 10% chance to get a, a page from Cat and Mouse issue number one. Two of them have uh, double page spreads, right, uh, as part of the artwork. Um, oh, that's my note for card games. Um, then there's going to be some fun stuff in there, some little things. I mean, you guys have seen some of the stuff like this that we've talked about, right? We're going to have some other fun stuff uh, like that in there. A couple of things that no one has seen. Um, and in addition, we have... So that's what all of them are going to have, okay? Then one of them will have an original art page by Stephen Butler. One of them will have an original art page by Paul Pelletier. One of them will have an original art page by Leonard Kirk. One of them will have an original penciled cover for a Silverline comic. Uh, one of them is going to have, and I should have, I should have this in my hands. One of them is going to have the very first printing of, uh, cat and mouse number one, in which I propose to be Jay in it. Um, and I'm going to sign that one. Uh, three of them will have t-shirts in them. We have three, I don't have my t-shirt on, but we have uh, a couple of silver line t-shirts that are left and three of those boxes will have those. Now, they're all going to be different. So you're not going to, there's no chance to get the Steven and the Paul Pelletier and a t-shirt. We're not going to do that. Okay. Uh, they're all going to get what I told you, but, but once we're, and what we're going to do, we're going to roll a dice. I've been showing you my dice, right? We're going to roll a dice. Uh, they're all going to be numbered. Uh, I'm not going to look at the number because I'm, I want to be, I, I don't want to be part of that, but I'm going to have my daughter or my son, or maybe, maybe uh, BJ, my, my wife, and then they're going to take it, and they're going to they're put it in the appropriate box. And then that box is going to be removed from uh, from the the, uh, the selections. We're going to roll the dice again, and whatever that one lands on, we're going to put the next object, the next thing in that box. So these will be um, those those what eight items are going to be randomly placed um, in the boxes with all of the other stuff. And um, we're going to auction that off. Um, you'll be able to bid on those on the on the Silverline Facebook page for a week. We're going to do it from Wednesday. Um, let me find my calendar. We're going to do it from Wednesday the 9th, which is this coming Wednesday, all the way to Wednesday the 16th. 
Um, I might stretch that out and we might close that on um, on Thursday because we're going to do uh, an episode of Drinking with Gas uh, with our friends over at the uh, OV, uh, uh, Orlando Orlando Collectors Deviants. Or my, I, could just, I can't Orlando Collectors Deviants. I just always call them my OCD friends, right? Um, and so we'll be live with them. Hey, look, they call themselves that. Look, they even gave me, I wear this, my mask when I go out into Plague World. See, I, I wear my Orlando Collector Deviants mask, right? Um, so we're going to be doing, uh, we'll be doing a, a show with them on Thursday night um, from seven. So we might, uh, we might end it then. And then what we would like to do then is go ahead and we'll collect the money and then we should be able to get that off to FedEx then uh, on the 18th so that they can, and it can take uh, three days. So 18, so it should be in your hands in time for Christmas. That's our goal. So, um, so yeah, there'll be more about that uh, on, uh, on Wednesday when we go live, but that's what we're getting ready to do. Those are our, our uh, mystery boxes that we're so excited about. I spent, uh, I spent yesterday and today filling those things, making sure that everybody, you know, had a, a page of art or three pages of art and everybody had some comic books and some, some good stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that as well as, you know, finding, uh, the other, like the Stephen page, the Paul page, um, that I can throw in as, as, uh, other fun, fun things to do. So, um, a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be a, a, hopefully a good way for you guys to get your hands on, uh, some original art as well as some fun, some fun solo art stuff. Did I, did I mention the signature books? Yes, nope. I think so. Mm-hmm. So I, I mentioned them to you, but I didn't mention them. Yeah. To... Okay. That's it. Did I mention Brett? Did I mention them live? I think you did. No, I don't think I did either. So, um, oh shoot, I had one handy just earlier. So we are doing a signature book, and what's a signature book? You ask. Um, well, if I have one, I'll show you an old one from back in the day. Um, oh wait, wait, wait! Do I have one right here? Back in the day, before there was paper. <laughs> Uh, tablet, you know. Tablet. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still looking for that parchment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I thought I had one out because oh yeah, here it is. Good. Here's a signature book. Malibu did signature books that the fans seem to really love. Okay, this is a Malibu signature series, and I, I don't know. I guess this was the first. One. And, and what it is, it's just uh, a book that has the creative. Uh, uh, there's Jerry, whoop, right here. There's Jerry Bingham, right well, there. Picture there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's Ken Branch. Ken's done a bunch, bunch of stuff with Silverline. Um, uh, Norm Norm Breifogel's here. Uh, as we flip through here, oh look, our very own Rob Davis. Oh, right there there's Rob Davis. Yep. Nice. Uh, Rob Davis is the artist of uh, Twilight Grimm. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think I saw. Oh, look at this! How about Thomas Floramonti? <laughs> <laughs> There's Thomas Floramonti, right? So this is a signature book, and you can see you could get it, and then you could go around and get them to to autograph it for you. Um, Malibu did it, two or three of these, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of fun with these. The fans yeah. fans loved them. Had a lot of fun bringing them up to us. Here's the deal for this one, okay? I'm holding up this one like it is. I wish I had it in my hands. We'll have it Wednesday. Um, 
we printed 20 of these with a special cover, okay? Now, there's only going to be 20. I'm not going to get one. Curtis ain't going to get one. Aaron ain't going to get one. Roberta's not going to get one, right? There's 20 of them. All 20 of them are going into the boxes. So um, if you want one of that signature book, now you're asking, oh, but what? Yeah, we're going to do some more signature books later. But this one is going to be the limited 20, 20 copies only signature book. Um, the originals is what they're going to be. Um, that's the only way you can get these uh, is in the in the boxes, right? So See, I we'll... stream with them, and I'm not even cool enough to get. One. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, not, I'm not even getting one, right? And no one's getting okay. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the only people that are going to get these signature books, this this first run of signature books, are and they're the only ones that are going to have this cover on it. Okay. Well, again, we'll we'll do some more because they're fun, but we're going to change the cover, and so. When you guys, right, all of us, when someone brings it up and you see, oh, it's that cover, you're going to know these are these are one of the people. Oh, you got one of the mystery boxes. Cool, right? You'll know that immediately because um, there's only going to be there's only going to be 20 of them, and we're going to number them. Uh, so there will be one of 20, two of 20, three of 20, that kind of thing. Um, that's that's what's going to be available in those signature boxes. So, um, Ron, can, so I throw, yeah. can I throw something out there? Just Sure. Because you were you were you're reading off the names of the original artwork. We're not we're not showing it, um, but oh. maybe for some of you, just to make sure they're clear, the artist that he's saying, maybe you can say what titles they're they're also known for. Sure. So that that might kind of give you a better idea of how cool this is. And oh, absolutely. What so um, so I know Stephen Butler has a uh, a fan page on Facebook. So you can go, you can go look under his called Butler's Brigade. Stephen has drawn uh, Spider-Man. He drew the Badger for a long time, um, or I say a long time, a couple years. He did um, Silver Sonic Sable. What's that? Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. He drew Sonic the Hedgehog probably for longer than any other book that he's, he's ever. A lot of people actually today, when they go see Stephen, they, they want him to sign Sonic books, right? Uh, but he did the Silver Sable book in the in the nineties at Marvel. Um, He's done a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, he's 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 got uh, Stephen's got a big following. Uh, we were very fortunate in that Stephen did. Um, oh, I, I can't show you. Stephen did one of our our Trumps covers, and I can't remember if I have it right here or not. Yeah, I do. Right, Stephen did uh, this Trump cover, right? Yeah. He's he's also done another cover for an upcoming comic that I I can't show you yet. Uh, I'll show you guys once we go offline. Oh, that's so cool of me to do, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he's done another one for an upcoming project that uh, that we're working on. So Stephen's been around for a long, long time. Uh, the other one is uh, Paul Pelletier. Uh, Paul Pelletier, I think, has a fan page on uh, Facebook as well. Paul's done um well uh, he did Demon's Tales for us. He did X Mutants over at um, Malibu. He did a really long run on Aquaman, which is where a lot of people know uh, Paul's work from at DC Comics. D uh, uh, Paul has been at DC for uh, quite a few years. Um, I guess Aquaman is, is probably his longest run. I want to say he was on Aquaman six years, something like that. Curtis, can you help me? Does that sound about right? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Um, I think Paul was the one drawing it when uh, you know he had his arm chopped off. Um, when you got the the hook, the yeah, yeah, hook, yeah, yeah, the comic book. Now, not not the animation, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, Paul's been around for a long, long time. I think recently he drew um, uh, Cyborg when the, the one of the one of the, the DC relaunches. He did uh, Cyborg. Um, 
Leonard Kirk is one of the others. Uh, we've got an original Leonard Kirk page. Uh, Leonard did a bunch, if I'm not mistaken, Leonard did some, did he do Dinosaurs for Hire? I want to say he did some. I think he did. I believe he yeah, did. Yeah, I think he did some Dinosaurs for Hire. Uh, I think he also did some, maybe did some Planet of the Apes. Um, but Leonard did Supergirl for uh, a long, long time at, at DC. So he, he's often known as the Supergirl artist. Um, so we're talking to, you know, this, it, it's uh, some, some pretty big names um, in comics. That This is an opportunity to own an original piece of art from them that you probably normally wouldn't think of paying a lot of money for. But you're going to get the, a chance at that, plus definitely going to get some original art and some cool comics. So, um, so I'll try to get a more complete list of, of uh, work done by these, uh, these three uh, fabulous artists before Wednesday so that I can, I can give you a more accurate rundown of their bibliography. But, uh, but yeah, so it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a way to get some fun stuff in your hands. Um, things that we've been doing and hopefully keep the momentum, uh, the excitement going about Silverline as we, as we uh, propel into uh, 2021. So, uh, sounds exciting, don't you guys think? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Roland showed me a little bit of the artwork. I can't say much about it beforehand, but it looks good and and yeah. that's really what got me like to be able to get an original piece of artwork by some of these like triple A title artists yeah as yeah. a you know as part of a bigger package that's that's pretty sweet so I yeah great well you know it's all about fun and that's what we're trying to keep this we're trying to keep this fun and, and again uh you know part of what we want to do is we wanted to to uh, you know use it as a way to to help us raise money so that we can we can do more things like these you know these have been uh these have been fun um you know, we were able to give these out at um, at the conventions. Of course, we really haven't had any conventions in, in plague year. Um, but you know, we want to be able to do fun things like this. Plus, there's there's a couple of things that's going to be in the box that I, I didn't mention that um, that we want. You know, we want to have some money to to do more things like this for. Um, and I think these two things are also going to be very very fun for you. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited. Uh, I told somebody somebody asked me, uh, uh, you know, about this. They said, "Well, that's just you know Malibu did that." I said, "Yeah, it was a good thing that Malibu did, and and we're trying to steal the good things that that Malibu did." Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't mind, you know, I don't mind borrowing from good stuff. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the plan for that. So, uh, signature books are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I know I signed a whole bunch of them when um, when they were you know new and out on the market. And even still today, I occasionally get one, you know, tossed under my under my eyes to sign. Not 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 frequently, but occasionally. That's, That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. I mean, I, and, and it's you know, like the autograph books people would do for like celebrities, but yeah, you know, like you know, comic book. People. I know I'd have fun hunting down everyone. You know, and that's 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 part of what it's uh, you know what it's supposed. To, and, and the other thing is that you know there's going to be so much. I think it's going to be a challenge for a lot of folks because you know we're kind of spread out. You know, yeah. Aaron's Aaron's up in Washington. 
uh, Curtis and, and Roberta are both in California. I'm in Florida. So, um, you know, it's not going to be real easy to go get all of our signatures. You're going to have to kind of, you know, do some convention hopping or, or either drop Curtis a letter and say, hey, if I mail you my, my book and the postage back, will you sign this? <laughs> right? <laughs> or or you have like, to take, martial, take a martial arts class for me. And then I'll, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. I'll make you work for it. So just I, will sign, I will sign <laughs> one comic book for one martial arts class. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Curtis just sends the book back with a note that says no. you know hearkening back to the malady days i still remember um one of our infamous employees dan danko that he got he took over one of the letter columns once i don't know if you remember this rolling there was a diane diane bada oh yeah Mm -hmm. and she had this thing called ask diane and one time she was out of the office and dan got to take over and somebody asked this really detailed question for in issue four the guy had this cybernetic arm but in issue five i didn't see this attachment to it and he said you know, that's a very good question, and I'd like to explain that to you. It's great when we hear fans like you. He goes, unfortunately, I'm all out of room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such like a, a Dan Danko moment. And literally, he wrote it. He just put all this filler so he could get to the bottom of the uh, the letter page. He says, he's he's done. Out of room. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah we won't be very- doing that. We won't be taking that from Alan. That's a very that's a no. We won't. That's a very <laughs> Dan Denko thing to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So back to board games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys ever play Axes and Allies? That was a that was like that one was crazy. The amount of pieces. Isn't that, that, that I love like Axes and Allies, but yeah. but this is that's not the one I brought down because the box is a, a lot bigger. I love war games, and Axes and Allies is something that I played a lot in college yeah um a lot yeah that was a huge board and a yes. huge amount of tiny pieces yes. it's and- the whole world yeah oh, and yeah. You, you're you're dealing with uh, industry and money and mm-hmm. and uh, infantry and infantry armor artillery uh fighter planes bombers <laughs> uh you can do technological research um yeah yeah, that was, that was yeah. but did, so did you ever play uh so curtis it's, i guess since you played that one did you ever play the lesser known axis and allies game it was like axis and allies made by the same people which i can't remember who it was called fortress america i've heard the name but i didn't i didn't play it. what was that like so it, it's it's very much like uh, axis and allies except that it's 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 one of these games where i, I want to say there's six players five players take on one Right there is one player who is Fortress America, wow. and and then there are five players invading from from different points around. So you've got like the Chino Chino Pack, right? So there, then you got the the Mexican or the Russian Pack. I forget about all of them now, but 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 all you know five points from around from you know all the way from yeah. Washington to New York invading the United States, and I, I literally one person had to take on five people. Wow, this is a very like a uh, Reagan era kind of game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, you know, so it's funny. Modern day though was the idea like. No, it was set in the future. It was oh, a future. future. It, it was slightly slightly futuristic, not 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 heavily, but slightly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was very very cool. It's like it's like the day of tomorrow, right? So yeah. some of not not the not the day of a hundred years, but the day of of tomorrow. So some yeah. of the weapons are, are a little advanced, but. Um, yeah, it's it was it was really cool. That's cool. I remember and, the uh the uh the, you guys ever played the Star Wars miniature 
game. There's a, it's like a miniature. It's a board game, but with miniatures. But okay. the, I played the the one we played, spaceships. But apparently, there's three. There's ones where you can play like the actual like rebels, like the people, like the Jedi's. Mm-hmm. One that you can play like the X-wing fighters, and then there's one that you can play like the frigates or the huge ships. And people actually make entire games where you start out small as the people and move your way up to these huge galactic battles with frigates. That's wow. kind of I'm like that's I thought, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've never, I've never heard cool. of that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, miniatures are amazing. I mean, like yeah. artistry that some people do, especially for like Warhammer and those kind of like strategy. Oh games. yeah, it's absolutely insane. The amount well, of I have a friend, and now uh, again, I, you know, I like war games. I have a friend who uh, played uh, Napoleonics, mm-hmm. and he had like Napoleon's entire army in mm-hmm. miniatures painted. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, he could look at them and tell you exactly who they are because he had them painted exactly the way the historical units were painted oh so he crazy could, yeah he could tell you you know i mean that's the you know the 55th the highlanders or you know whatever they were right? that, that would be british troops of course but um you know he could because he painted them all and he knew all about the 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 regiments and the, the armies right he could tell you exactly who they who they were he had the whole uh, he had if i'm not mistaken at one point in time he had every unit that was at the battle of waterloo Wow. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so you could fight the entire Battle of Waterloo with with an accurate army, you know, for both French and the the I think it was British and I don't think it was just the British there. Were the Austrians there at, at Waterloo? I don't remember now. I, yeah, it, British and French in particular, right? But um, yeah, I, I, and I played a lot of a lot of hours of, of Napoleonics with them. That was a lot of fun. Is that like the tabletop with a kind of kind of like a Warhammer? Yes, very okay. much. Yeah, yeah. Just get a big ping pong table or something, then they put some hills and some trees and some roads and yeah, yeah. Your units move and they move in column. They can move real fast, and then they, you know, branch out into battle line. And you have only so far that they're effective. And the closer you get, the more effective their firing is. And cannons can shoot so far. And you literally they have strings that are marked off. Right. This is a this is how far this cannon can fire, and this is their arc of fire. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. That that stuff. I I always like. The, I always see the Warhammer. That's the most popular. But yeah. games like that are always amazing. How people can make trees. Oh, they take like a styrofoam cup and then flip it over, yeah. make like a, like a, a defense tower, and it just yeah. looks amazing. And I'm just like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, I'm amazed what people can take and then just turn it into these like amazing set pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. There's a um, there's a really cool trailer for um it's a video game but for Halo you know for one of the Halo games and what they did for the trailer is they actually made like a Warhammer miniature set and they oh, filmed cool. it and it's just all these static shots of the camera like going through the scene of all these tiny miniatures and explosions yeah. and like a medic helping a guy and all that it, it, it's just really cool to see which I'm sure everyone's like so when is the Halo miniature game coming yeah <laughs> you know yeah. exactly so a lot of the games that, that mm-hmm. I always like to play were always you know um, this one's not quite like that but this one has you know has all the, the markers on it this is a, a the house divided so it's a, a civil war game mm-hmm. right and so it's it's all it has all these tiny little pieces uh, that you know are in bags and you know that's that's how you yeah you know those are the, the those are the kinds of games that I played a lot of in college you know I played a lot of games in college I played more than I studied. <laughs> as long as my mom and dad aren't listening, right? Um, but yeah, and this is where you know it's where I learned so many different games existed because you know prior to that I was pretty much just Risk and 
risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, when you get into board games, the, the types of board games out there are crazy. I mean, like how long they take and all the different ideas and yeah. the miniatures and, and, uh, I mean, even at Kickstarter, when you do the board games, I mean, they just, they make so much money and there's such a huge, yeah, especially strategic ones. But I think it's a little more like your war games, but they use like miniatures and stuff, like more fantasy type or even yeah. sci-fi ones. Yeah. That's you- tough. I, I mean, I, I find it fascinating because you know, we live in this day of video games, and believe me, I'm a big proponent of video games. Yeah. yeah. But there's something about about things that are representative and mm-hmm. allow you to fill in the gaps. And there's a, a, a kind of like this en- the visceral energy that you get from playing these kind of games and sitting yeah. across from somebody that even like the most amazing video game, it just doesn't convey the same thing, the same personality, and there's yeah. not that same kind of freedom of play, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, so so this may be, uh, you know, walking on territory that we don't need to walk on. And if, if it is, you got to stop me. But I think part of the part of the problem with with some games like this is that that um, like comics uh, games, some of these games speak to a certain uh, a certain demographic. And I don't mean like male, female, whatever, but there's a, a demographic that's not real sociable. Right now, these are yeah. sociable games, of course, but you know, think about it. You know, growing up, you didn't have a whole, or most of us didn't have a whole lot of people who shared our love of comics. Yeah. You know, in the same way, you know, I don't really know a whole lot of people who would sit down and play, you know, Shiloh with me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, oh, this is the whole game. Sorry, this is House Divided. Uh, I don't know that many people who would sit down and spend the, the hours that would play with me. But yeah. when you introduce the internet, well, suddenly, you know, I can find I can find other people who share the same, you know, same uh, interests as me. And it's a lot easier to find someone who plays. The, the thing I would argue about that, though, is it's not as fun. Right. I, I want to yeah. play games with my friends rather than, you know, play with some strangers online, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. There's a social ability that you learn from playing these games. You know, usually most people get into these games, adolescence or, you know, maybe college, but there's a lot of social skills that you pick up from, right? When, which is different than playing, you know, certain video games where there's, um, you know, there's a, a bit of anonymity, right? You know, when you're, yeah. when yeah. you're, when you're rec master 55, you know, it's easy to, you know, <laughs> right. You know, but, but, um, but no, totally. I mean, I, I, I'd have to agree with that, you know. Are you Rec Master Fifty Five, Kurt? I'm, I'm Rec Master Fifty Five. <laughs> He's one yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, my, th- there's something I actually agree with Curtis. I do have much more fun playing board games. Like if somebody yes. said, "Like, do you want to play online video games or play a board game with your friends?" Board game with my friends is always going to top. Always. Yeah. Um, I think also because I just me and my friends never take it super seriously. Right. I mean, we just uh, have fun, roll some dice, and do some stuff yeah well so you know i've talked about this, and this is not a board game but you're talking about your friends and not taking it seriously you know i, I mean i've mentioned this before friday night i usually play games with not always but you know friday yeah. night is kind of my my game night with uh my, my actually i mentioned them earlier that but uh tim and um uh tim and keith who played super world with me you know all the way back in college we still play, you know, City of Heroes, which is still playing superheroes, right? So we get together uh, online and we play superheroes. There are some people who take that game really seriously, you know. We don't. We get on and, and we just have fun. And, and there are some people who, you know, if you're if you're ever attacking your opponent and you get killed, 
or knocked out, right? You send you to the hospital. There are some people who get really upset about that. I mean, really upset. We laugh about it. It's like, oh, yeah. look, you're dead. You know, uh, yeah. it's it's we don't take it that serious, and it's and it's and it is a little difficult sometimes when you ever get to playing with somebody who takes it super seriously because yeah. you're like, oh, oh, I need to, I need to straighten up then, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. let, me, let me get all serious here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a game. You know, yeah, so. it's, okay. I had that. I went to a. a a game uh board game meetup the meetup groups you meet up mm-hmm. and every time i go to the board games i, I meetups i always it, it's like everybody knows each other and they all sit down and play their games and you ask if you can join like no you can't join us because you're not one of the crew and something like, okay. right but I, I was there and I, I was playing gloomhaven at the time and i i got in a conversation with some guy there and i talked about gloomhaven and i said yeah me and my friends we just found some of the rules too hard so we made some house rules and it, it he looked at me like i just killed his cat <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was just like you change the rules and i'm like well yeah we just because he's like i can teach you how to play gloomhaven listen and i'm just like okay whoa um <laughs> you're th- okay you're really serious about this i yeah. just kind of like back up a little yeah. bit but yeah i've encountered those people and, and uh yeah we, we we don't take it seriously but there are some people that literally will like you know you you play by the rules will argue yeah. about it yeah yeah, yeah i just thought it was interesting that Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> like, like I thought there was going to be this neat confluence of, especially we're talking about like role playing games of Dungeons and Dragons and online. Like decades ago, they had this first iteration of Neverwinter Nights. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a Dungeons and Dragon online tool set where you can actually program characters, scenarios, visually all this stuff. And it just, it was just way too technically hard. But it was such uh, a cool idea that you might actually be able to combine the two. You know? Yeah. Get- right. Well, so um, you guys, you guys know Steam, right? Steam, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I assume that you can get it other places. I don't know, but th- there's a, a one of the the apps that you can get up through Steam is called Tabletop Gaming. Okay. Yeah. And, and if you go on Tabletop Gaming, it has a buttload of of tabletop games. It has it has this. It has uh, Civilization. It has uh, Axis and Allies. It has uh, you know. Uh, checkers and, and chess it has you know basically it's full of tabletop game uh, tabletop games you literally it's but it's it's all on the computer so the four of us could sit down and play access and yeah. if we wanted to that's cool yeah, yeah it's that's very the cool. thing i thought i i've seen this and they, they have like a ton of other games and even like i think they have apps for people who play D online like streaming where mm-hmm. you, they, you can roll the dice in the computer yep and um, you can do other sort of um like things like coordinate or whatever and uh, so yeah it's it's strange it's i think and also especially in the time of the plague people finding more ways to game right. online together especially yeah. these type of board games they like yeah, yeah. so well, well it's uh, part of sorry no go ahead curtis <laughs> well, it's such a part of comic culture i mean whenever you go to like one of the bigger cons and comic constant exception there's that a whole gaming section i mean there's yep, a whole, right. whole they'll have part of the floor rented out for people to play games all the time so it's, yeah it's, I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, fantastic. I know one of my, the conventions, it was very, you know, one of the very first conventions that ever, you know, invited me as a guest, actually the first convention that ever invited me as a guest, a place called the Coast Con. And, um, the, you know, they were in a coliseum, uh, excuse me, they were attached to a coliseum, but they were on the, the, the all the showrooms on the side, right? Yeah. Well, they had this big, long section. Uh, it's just for miniatures, 
right? There must have been, I'm guessing now, but there must have been like 10 tables set up just for miniature gaming, right? So you could go there and you could see you know, Napoleonics, you could see Warhammer, you could see, you know, all these different miniature games going on. But then there was another section over there that had the round tables, right? People sitting around and playing Dungeons and Dragons, they were playing Risk, they were, you know, just whatever. Um, And to me, that's, that's kind of cool, because, you know, a lot of my friends um, went there to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they just sat around all weekend, played Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of weird that you would pay to do something. I know. Like you you know, home. I always thought but, you know, that. I mean, like, it's like just find your friend's house and do it. But yeah. I mean. But but some of it was, you know, they're, they're a little bit. Some of it was a couple of the guys had graduated. And okay. so they had, you know, they had they weren't in school anymore. And so th- that they would come back to the convention and they would all be there. And then everyone could, you know, play more, uh, play more Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was kind of a kind of a reunion of sorts but not you know not in the way that you think of reunions mm-hmm. we have you know, yeah we have a board game store in portland called guardian games this is like the toys r us of video games i, I mean really? when i went into the store that i mean it's got to be like some of these shelves are close to like I don't know, 10 feet high stacked with board games. I mean, they had anything and they split the store between just miniature role-playing games and then board games. I mean, I go in there and I see stuff I've never seen, but what you were talking about playing, the other back of the store is just filled with tables where they hold tournaments like Magic tournaments, board game tournaments, D&D, and they have an announcer. They have a guy in the store that does announcing for games. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I, I've been That's in there a few cool. times. They've done tournaments, and apparently there's a room in the back with more tables, and you can drink beer there. So they oh, can go yeah. back and hang out. Yeah, yeah so, I what? mean, it's Announcing it's really for cool. ga- games. All yeah. Right. And now it's the troll's turn. Yeah, it <laughs> and, is. Uh, <laughs> and he, he draws his sword, and, uh, oh, he rolls a 20 to hit. Oh, and he slashes it. <laughs> Now, I would listen to that all day. But yeah, I remember going into this store because I'd heard of this store and I went in. I was like, oh my God, look at all this stuff. Yeah, it's it. And of course, all those board games are super. Board games can be really expensive. All the oh, ones yeah. that I'm like into are like $50, $70. Right, exactly. And, and you know, you saw this one. This one's a really light box, right? Yeah. Nothing, nothing like Civilization, right? I think Civilization was a $60 game. This is a $40 game. And I'm like, what the heck? There's nothing in here. But this is a cool box, but there's yeah. nothing in here. You know, civilization. Now, this is a this is a hefty box. I mean, this is it's yeah. it's full, right? Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gloomhaven was like 160. I split it well, with my nephew. I, I uh, saw. I saw the. Uh, well, I'm, uh, when I googled it, right? Yeah. 129 on eBay uh, for an open box. 132. 112. Um, uh, 126. Yeah, it's, it's you so. get a lot. I mean, I, I, definitely, you get like your Wait. money's worth. Is That's this right? Sure. $25 on Humble Bundle? Maybe. They, I think they were making a video game version of it, and I don't know if they ever completed the video game version. So I don't know. Maybe that was what that is. Uh, you know, if I can kind of break, break the top, just point out something cool Roberta's doing, because she's doing such yeah. a great job here. It's like these little details. You can see somebody's understanding of color theory, right? So she's got she's got the blue on one end of it, of, the, of that, of that mm-hmm. stretch. Then she's got the green, but the green is composed, of course, of blue and yellow, right? So there's this kind of this harmony that she has going on here. And they're all kind of within that color family. It's just, it's just really cool when you get to see um, her workflow and how, how she thinks. Think you know, this, yeah. 
Yeah, this is somebody. I mean, not somebody. This is Roberta. This is <laughs> Roberta. Roberta's an artist that really I'm understands. Just it. Before, guys. <laughs> no, it's it's great. I I love this part about the streams because you really get insight about yeah. You know, yeah, process, right? it's really she makes it look so easy, especially when she's just picking colors at random. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, as a joke, whoever's coloring, I, I, I dare you, I dare any of our colors, um, load up the page, but have like numbers in certain sections, like paint by numbers. Just, <laughs> just do that. I think that would be so funny. <laughs> and then everybody watch you say like, yeah, everybody in comics numbers their pages like this with colors. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. we we make the own paint set and we send it to him. And uh-huh. that'd be funny. <laughs> you know, Ted Gummit, that's another really good idea. A silver line color by number book. There you go. <laughs> I agree. I love that idea. Or, or just yeah. the, or just the, um, the digital coloring book. I mean, people love doing those digital coloring books these days. Yeah. Right? They love those. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Y'all gotta stop coming up with cool ideas. <laughs> no, give me more. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Give me more. Uh, <laughs> this is what. Yeah, I know. It's, it's more stuff for me to do. You know, I, I I will say though, continuing to chase rabbits. This is one of the things I love about the conglomerate that we are. Is that it's such a creative group. You know, BJ and I were talking about this the other day, and and, and part of it is I mean, it's like this is why you know I, I want the the mystery boxes to do well is because there's so many ideas that people come up with it's like oh man that'd be good if only we had money to do that you know that yeah. that tends to be a common thing for us well if only we had the money to do that we could you know um, yeah. so you know but i love that because this group is 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 such so full of ideas and, and roberta we should we'll probably ask you since you've been co- working on it yeah what are you working on i'm working on pendulum the book three of Pendulum. Wow. So is, is that the last issue? The vial of, of this serum that was stolen. It's a wonderful story, and I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, yeah. Great that's right. Story. It's the next to last, uh, Aaron. It's, uh, okay. it's uh, There's four issues in it. so. And that's um, by John Drury, right? Originally yes, John Drury. John Drury. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, John was the uh, writer and the penciler, and then Ted Slampiak was the inker, right, Roberta? Mm-hmm, correct. Yeah, Ted Slampiak. And a lot of people probably know Ted from uh, doing uh, Jazz Age Chronicles. He did uh, Techno, uh, or no, no, he did something for Techno, um, but he also works on uh, Manly Man. Anyone, <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen those comics, uh, the Manly Man comics? I'm not too familiar. Oh shoot! Uh, I'm gonna. I'm getting it wrong. Um, uh, Company, I think. Uh, Manly man. I thought it was a manly man company. Um, Are you thinking of Curtis's company? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's mine. Curtis is 56, a member of Manly Man Company. <laughs> um, All our comics are printed on burlap. <laughs> burlap, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Maybe I get it wrong. Manly Man, Ted Slapjack. Let me try that. Ted Slapjack. I remember I got to do. Um, a convention with the art and... the art of manliness oh, the art of manliness. art of manliness okay have you ever seen any of those cartoons the art of manliness no <laughs> those are those are all ted slampiak 
I'll have to check those out. Yeah, it, it's just the art. Look, look just uh, look for the art of manliness, artofmanliness.com. Uh, yeah, uh, he does the, uh, all the artwork for all their illustrations. Is like uh, the first one that pops up, how to give a manly handshake, right? <laughs> and it's got two cowboy looking guys and they're shaking hands. And um, one of them say, uh, says, approach person's line of sight and has little lines drawn straight <laughs> to their eyes, right? Look person in the eye and smile. Uh, and it says, it, there's a, the, a picture, it says, no limp fish, <laughs> right? In the handshake. And it said, firm grip. No death grip, right? No death grip. That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the art of manliness. Yeah, I, I can't. That, if you've heard of Ted, that's probably where you know him from because these are these are, are fairly popular, from what I understand. They've been around for a long time, but that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, very cool. So this is one of the books that's in our uh, our remix plan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, and we got to talk more about that really cool thing that you dropped. It was like, whoa, cool. Yeah. yeah. We got to figure out the right place for it. So, and yeah. it looks like, uh, also, it looks like I, I, I probably got us, um, and it was a little bit early, but I, I think I've got us a 2021 sponsor. So, mm. yep. Excited nice. about that. Yep. Nice. So, nice. um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so you know, I'm I'm excited. I know a lot of people have decried 2020, and I get it. But uh, I I think for us, for Silverline, I, I think it's not been a horrible year. Um, no. Collectively, not mm-hmm. individually. I know sure. that it's been tough individually for some more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think collectively, um, you know, I yeah. So yeah, next uh, year, hopefully conventions. I mean. I would assume hopefully by summer, maybe conventions might. I hope so. Back. Well, I'm I'm doing one this weekend. I'm oh, doing yeah. a, I'm doing a one day show um, uh, uh, in Kissimmee, Florida, which is about an hour south of me. Um, and then I'm I'm slated to do one in a place called Deland, um, uh, Florida, which is in, on January 17th, I think. Cool. So yeah, so hopefully they're you know they're they're getting back in the groove and getting it all started again. Yeah, yeah. fingers crossed, right? There's been I, I was reading somewhere that there are some that have actually some of the conventions owned in the town that are not coming back. I don't remember the names of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, hopefully they will. I well, mean, I think. Excuse me. I think some some of what happened, if I understand it right. Is a lot of these conventions have to to pay up front for hotel rooms. They have to book hotel rooms mm-hmm. and and like guarantee pay. Same thing for the convention centers and things like that. And if your convention gets canceled, like I know that there was one convention that's like, okay, here's the deal: if we can't get any refunds, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, but if the if the if uh, if we can refund, like I know San Diego made a big deal about saying, hey, convention center refunded them, all the hotels refunded them. So they were able to get refunds, and they were just able to take that into the next year. But there were a couple of conventions that I, uh, that I think the 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 forums um, weren't willing to work with them, and so it just killed them. It's just like, okay, well, you're going to take all my money, and I can't recoup any money from an actual show. Um, yeah, then it just it just killed them, which is sad. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, obviously, I don't think. San Diego Comic Con is going to come back the way it was in quite a while. Conventions probably no. you know, will come back, but but yeah, I think I think that's kind of and kind of dovetailing some 
different territory, but I think our industry is changing, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a return kind of back to more of a grassroots kind of feel to everything. And that may not be a bad thing, you know? I mean, I love, no. I love the fact that I can see a ton of Marvel movies and all that, but, you know, when something becomes mainstream, you lose something along the way. And I think it's uh, kind of yeah. time for us to kind of recharge our batteries and, you know, I think I think I think in that sense it's a good thing, you know. I think yeah. sometimes you kind of lose. I know that some of you sound a little, I don't know, just my opinion, pompous on my. But sometimes I feel like you kind of lose your creativity a little. Mm-hmm. In other words, everything is so marketed towards getting the most viewers mm-hmm. or, or, or appealing to the most people that sometimes you lose really good, unique ideas um, mm-hmm. that are good. I mean, like for example like with the popularity of superheroes, like I couldn't see them writing a story like the dark Phoenix where somebody right. actually, you know, the, the, the seriousness of that. And that's kind of like sometimes where I feel it kind of falters. I think grassroots stuff is, especially when you give, you know, if they feel like they're just writing what they want to write or what they think is cool. And the other friends are going to think is cool instead yeah. of trying to be like, well, we got to appeal to all this market share. There's massive people. Right. So, I mean, it, it's that idea like when you have when when you create art and you feel like you have nothing to lose, what would you do? Yeah, and that's kind of like we we're kind of talking about remix. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about the, the, the original era of Silverline, right? That was a phenomenal era of independent. Yeah, comics. and there was a, fear, yeah. a fearlessness at that time where there wasn't any should I or should I not do this. It was almost like, is this cool? Yeah, I'm going to do <laughs> yeah, it. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And now, and now there's so much committee. There's 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 you know I'm not going to name names, but there's the whole internet com- committee that you have to run your things by if, if it's big business there's the corporate committee and how right. is this yeah. film. but but i think it's time to return to that thing is it cool yeah it's cool right yeah yeah okay. you know? well you know uh, it's funny that you say that curtis because you know one of the one of the things that i always tell the story you know people ask me well you know you were an editor at malibu and then marvel came in and and you know then you became kind of a marvel editor it's like what was the difference and i was like well aside from the fact that spider-man came on my paycheck uh, when when Marvel bought us, which was very cool. Yeah. Um, see, here's the way I would always say, kind of explain the difference. If you came to me with an idea, and this is what, at, at Malibu, and I liked the idea, and was like, okay, this is a really cool idea. Let me run it up the chain, right? And I could take it to Chris or, or whoever editorial, and then they liked it, and then we got it to um, the money people. Their question was this. You know, and you have to listen real carefully, right? Their question was, can we make money? Mm-hmm. And if you could answer with the bean counters and everything, if you could answer yes to that, then they would say, okay, let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, same same scenario, but when you're with Marvel, right? You get up to the to the, the money making, the money decision makers, right? Mm-hmm. And the question became, how much money can we make? Yeah. It wasn't about, can we make money? It was about, how much and if it wasn't enough it wasn't worth doing where when malibu was doing it it's like okay well if we can make money let's do it right why not yeah Uh, and and i think there was a big there was a big uh for me it was a big mentality shift that i'm like you know but i i I really like comics and if this is something cool we should do it right yeah um but that wasn't always the what wasn't always the case what's like if i I can share that story about dead clown we were talking this yes yeah. well this week this is just such a, i i still distinctly remember so marvel had this kind of really out there comic book called dead clown and it was literally that it was like a zombie clown and <laughs> so the, the initials of the characters was dc and i think it was characters created by chris on the, the, yes. the gentleman who was the editor-in-chief 
And I remember on one issue, because Roland was the editor, that issue had, it looked like the DC Comics logo, but it was composed out of bones and it just said DC, but it was for a dead clown. And I remember being at Roland's desk and our lawyer, Will, coming over and saying to Roland, like, okay, we got the cease and desist from DC saying, hey, you can't do this because it looks like our DC bullet. And I still, to this day, recall Roland saying, yeah, just just tell DC we knew we could get away with it at least once. <laughs> I think you get away with it at least once. Yeah. Oh, that's the dead clown? This yeah. Issue no- yeah, this is issue number three. But one of the issues had, it looked like the DC logo. With- I, that, was, yeah. that was number one, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I remember Roland didn't miss a beat. He just immediately goes, yeah, we knew they were going to send us a cease and desist. We get away with it once. And like... That, that's uh, cool, you know. That, that's once it's cool. out in the wild, it's like, oh, well, you know, we'll see some yeah. this is, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. yeah, okay, we won't do it again. We're sorry. <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's the thing I like so much about comics that attracts me to comic books more than, like, say, movies and TV. Is because comics, you just feel like you get all these really crazy, weird ideas, and it really feels like it's coming from, like, a passion of people who are really into yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It seems movies and, and TV sometimes seem very watered down to me, not risk takers. But comics, yeah. you can just find so many different things, and people do so many crazy things because most people writing comics feels like, well, no one's going to read this anyways. It's just me, and then of course people read it and like 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 it. Right. I mean, I, can you imagine like them making like say like the Ninja Turtles and movies? I mean, that would never happen. But comics, you can get stuff like that all the time, right? And well, so. I- and I think part of it is because there's so much money wrapped up in, in that uh, film and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is that they're not willing to take chances because it's it's more about, okay, well, if we do this, we might lose part of our audience, and we've got so much money wrapped up into it, we can't take that risk, you know? Right. When you don't have as much money wrapped up in, in it, then you're I think you're able to take a little bit more risk, you know? Well, that's yeah. why I'm kind of excited, even though it's, it's kind of scary for the film industry. You know, if you, you folks heard about... Warner Brothers said their entire 2021 catalog is going to go straight to streaming, right? Yeah. yeah. At the same time as theatrical, but really we know it's going to be streaming. Maybe. That means budgets are going to go down on mega blockbusters. We won't see an Avengers Endgame, at least in the next decade or so, if that. But that means there'll be less money as far as budget, which means you might get more unique stories. And especially, yeah. I have a film we're probably going more towards serialized content even more than before. And that that I, what I'm hoping is for those of us in the comic book industry, and when things get adapted from comic books, maybe there might be potential for more unique comic books getting adapted. Maybe they'll be adapted more uh, true to the source. Yeah, yeah. The budget won't be a huge blockbuster film. It'll be uh, 12 episodes on Netflix or something. Well, right? we've strayed from uh, board games, but you talking about serialized? Uh, did any any of you ever watch the Sharps movies? No. Sharps. There was about a dozen of them. Um, surprise you haven't. Sean Bean was in those. Okay. Uh, Does he die in every one? No, no. <laughs> in, in, in fact, quite the opposite because uh, it, it starts off with him as a as a private. Oh. And um, oh, it says TV series. It must have been a a, a series of TV movies. Oh, okay. Um, I watched them on on DVDs. I watched them on DVDs. Um. But uh, like, oh yes, yeah, there's 16 of them. Wow. Um, the first one was uh, Sharp's Rifles, and then Sharp's Eagle, Sharp's Company, Sharp's Enemy, Sharp's Honor, etc., etc., etc. And you know, the dates it starts off in 1809, and the last one was in you know 1818. Mm. Uh, really, really, if if you like history and you know that kind of stuff, really, really good, uh, good series of movies. Um, let me see. Um, if it will actually show how long there there were a series of movies, um, but I don't know if I see the link here. 
I will um, give props. I think Warner Brothers has kind of taken the first step. I mean, not knowing what's going to happen because of you know the COVID and things opening next year. I think they were the kind of ones that kind of took almost a step of like, well, we either do something like this or we, we may end up not going under, but really hurting us. Like, can we wait on theaters forever or do we just get this? I mean, I mean, they're releasing the one new Wonder Woman movie on Christmas day yeah. on, on HBO max. And it's like, I think it's to a point. It's like, look, we got to get this stuff out there because we've got other stuff we've made waiting in the wings that we need to get out. So it's well, like the, all, you know? Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman was supposed to have been released, what in May? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't like the, the idea of HBO only because I don't have HBO and it's like, okay, well, it just means that I'm not going to be, I'm either going to pirate it. Right. Which I, you know, which I, it's, it's against all of my, you know, to do. Yeah. Um, or I'm not going to see it. And, you know, I, I, I it's Wonder Woman. I want to see Wonder Woman, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's like, HBO Max, I think it's its own service, mm-hmm. and I, I looked on PlayStation Four, and it said, now, "I don't know, I haven't tried this, but it said like it was a free app." Now that yeah, didn't make much. Yeah, the app's free. Yeah. <laughs> the app's free. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the app's free or whatever. So yes, it's speaking of apps, I would like to have a Silverline app. I'm not sure what it would do, but I would like oh, to have a yeah. Silverline app. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of those like you know Snapchat things where it puts the the mask, the cat and mouse mask on your face or something. That <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, that would be so cool. Or the demons, yeah. the demons ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. See, here's another idea I did come up. And it's our R and D department. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Any final words on uh, board games? Um, final, final thoughts? No, one no me, just good luck finding players. I said, no one let me bring up Stratego, which was my favorite game. When I was oh, holy oh. crap. You play Stratego? I love Stratego. Oh, man. I used to it, play yeah. that game all the time. I love that game. It's like such an awesome game. It is. Yep. I actually, you know, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that game. I actually played that with uh, uh, with my kids when they were uh, when they were coming up. We bought a Stratego game, and I played that with them. Nice. Oh, it's great. Yep. yep. It is so fun. It is fun. It's basically capture the flag with a mystery. With bombs. With bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know you're screwed when you. Uh, it's the minor. Miners are number eights, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know, when you lose your last minor, you're screwed. You have no hope. You're like, ah, well. Yeah, I've never played it. I didn't play a lot of those games. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I didn't play. My family wasn't really into strategic games. You're more like checkers, yeah. stuff like that. Uno. Wait, checkers uh, so. is not strategic? Yeah, sure. N- not as strategic. I don't know. Maybe is it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've, uh, I have to draw you in to make you jump my my uh checker so that i can triple jump you <laughs> yeah um yeah stratico man i hadn't thought about that one yeah that's a great one thank you i wanted to mention that one yeah yeah i'm glad you did it's like we can't end this session without yeah, i'm mentioning that uh anything else on board games no we're good yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't play board games as much as I used to. I still, yeah. as 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 demonstrated by my my visual aids here, I still have a handful of them. But you know, the 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 last time I brought this out was to do something very similar to what I'm doing now. It was just just to tell somebody about it. Yeah. You know? Um. 
so yeah, I played some board games with you know both my kids when they were younger, but um, you know, and and BJ and I talked about playing uh, backgammon some more, but we just haven't we just haven't done it. So to break it up. It is, yeah. I hopefully, you know, uh, over Christmas we'll have some time to to do some of that. Um, Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.